Hey everybody, welcome to The Conscious Love Show. Whether you are single, you are in a relationship, or you're healing a broken heart, this show is here to inspire you, to remind you how beautiful, lovable, and amazing you truly are, and to give you the practical tools and insights to navigate from wherever you are right now to the loving relationship that you so deeply want to have. My name is Shane Kohler. I'm a certified transformational coach and trainer with over a decade experience helping people release their trauma and open their hearts to love. I've delivered seminars all over the world, coached thousands of people through my online platforms and programs, and every week I'm coming straight to you with the hottest insights and the best teachers around, bringing you powerful resources and profound conversations to heal your relationship with love, dating, and yourself. I'm so grateful you're here, and if it's your first time, welcome. You can count on me to always show up for you with my very best and a commitment to learn and grow myself so I can serve you to my maximum ability. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I've got some awesome things planned for you today. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Love Show. Shane Kohler here. Pleasure to be with you today. And um, on the show today, I have a special guest with me, my lovely wife, Fatima. Hi. And um, she's coming on. We wanted to do something special for Valentine's Day to be able to share um, our story and a real life love story and to be able to, you know, uh, so many people have asked over the years, like, we want to hear more from Fatima. Where is she? Why isn't she on the show? We want to hear from her. So uh, backed by popular demand, I guess, um, we have we have my wife on the show today, but um, it's really a pleasure to have you here. And thanks for being on with me. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. I'm excited. It's been a long time since I, I got on a live with you. It has. Yeah. You know, I guess most most of you probably don't know this. I mean, we're going back, what, like three or four years now? Something It was, it was a while ago. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But so you and I used to be live on Instagram every single Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we'd sit here and we'd answer questions and stuff. And you've never been on the podcast before. So no. it's your first time on the podcast. Yeah. And I know I've been getting messages. Everybody's so excited about this, by the way. <laughs> so, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, why don't why don't we start with maybe you could just give us a little background on your story. I know not everybody's heard it. So, you know, maybe how you grew up, how relationships were for you, you know, when when you started dating or when you started like meeting people like what was that like and just yeah, what, what was all of that like for you? Well, it's, it's interesting. I I feel like my, my situation was a little unique, although um, sometimes we hear from some of our audience that they've had similar situations. So um, I I just thought I was a weirdo, but I grew up in a very traditional family, um, first generation American. My parents were immigrants. I was the first girl. I was the oldest cousin. Um, I, I just, I was, I was very, very sheltered, very, very guarded. Um, I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that some of my other friends did. And in high school, I went to an all-girls school. So I I didn't really get to meet a lot of guys other than in community events or social events that had to do with my family or community or like family events. Um, And it was just this thing that was understood that I was not supposed to date. Like it wasn't time. You're too young. Focus on your studies. And it, it always became like if I had, if I liked somebody or if I had a crush on a guy, 
it was kind of like a secret for me, you know, and I, I had to His keep it to myself. Get broken or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like my parents were not having it. So, and I, and I, you know, I didn't have any other experience. I just felt like, okay, this is, this is just not, it's not, it's not worth trying to fight about. Um, my parents were very strict with me. So um, I had, I had my little imaginings and, and I, I always wanted to kind of create a relationship, but I was just too afraid. So it's, it's a funny story. I just, I turned 18 and my mom, all of a sudden it went from like zero to, um, all right, you're 18, like open up your eyes. It's start, it's time for you to start looking around. And I was like, okay, I had no skills. You know, I wasn't equipped. I didn't know where to start, how to meet somebody, um, how to do anything in, in terms of like trying to, to find a relationship. Um, so I, I just felt like I was kind of tripping over myself all the time and I would meet people, but it really wouldn't go anywhere. I didn't know how to play the game. Um, and I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. So it was, um, it went, it went like that for a little while. Um, I had, I had secret crushes that I held on to for years, never did anything about them, <laughs> you know, and then I think something like I was 23. And I met someone at a party that uh, some mutual friends had had thrown for Halloween or something. And the the two of us connected and we clicked and it was it was just like it was like a dream. You know, all of a sudden I was like swept up into all of the feelings and the emotions. And here's somebody that I, I could really like. And, you know, we had we had amazing conversations and there was this attraction and and I, I really liked this guy and it looked like he liked me too. Um, and then two months in, out of nowhere, completely blindsided, he's just like, I can't be with you. Um, I'm breaking up with you. I got no explanation about it. And I felt completely devastated. Like, oh my gosh, these are, I, I was so happy. Things were going so well. I thought everything was going really well you know, I'll never be happy again. I was all dramatic about it. Um, and I felt devastated. It was like a big heartbreak. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of, I, I spiraled a little bit into that. I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. My parents didn't know how to help me with that. And, um, and I kind of, I, I kind of retreated into myself and like got very guarded all of a sudden. So I went from like innocently, you know, exploring a relationship um, not really knowing what to do, but just kind of going with it to feeling like this terrible heartache um, and, and didn't know where to go from there. Yeah. And, and that was like, that was like the, my first major heartbreak of my life. And so you go from this like sheltered culture where if, if you try to date someone, would you say your dad was going to break your legs and kill him was what was was what was said <laughs> this is a threat my, my mom gave me this threat one time and you know i don't know that it would they would have actually gone through with it but it was enough to like freak me out and just not not accept any you know relationships for for my life i was like i better I better not do anything <laughs> and so then you turn 18 years old and it's like, okay, get out there and find someone. And you're like, wait, what the hell? I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right, out here. Yeah, yeah. And then you finally do meet someone, you fall in love and just get like your heart destroyed. Yep. Yep. And so where, like, where did that leave you coming out of that experience? Like, where did you go from there? 
Wow. Um, at the time, I had just moved to a new a new city, a new place. Uh, I was far from my family, far from my friends, and I just felt so lonely and isolated. And I was working crazy hours, like six days a week, and and I I didn't have a whole lot of um, connection or community. So uh, it. I, I had met someone, I had gotten online, I was trying to do like activities and things. I was going to singles events and stuff like that to try to meet people. And someone mentioned to me at one of these events, oh, you should get on match.com. And this was, um, this was the early days, I think, of online dating. I didn't even know what it was. So I got online and I went on a date with a guy who happened to be the same culture as, as my family, same upbringing. And I didn't really, it was a fine first date, but I was I didn't feel the attraction. Um, but he kind of lingered around, and he started meeting me for coffee, and and I I felt so lonely and so alone that I and I just craved like being connected with someone. So we started meeting, and it was all very friendly. Um, we we would meet at Barnes and Noble, and like have a Starbucks and, you know, look at the stacks and, and see what books were new and stuff like that. We'd just talk. We'd, he, um, he would take me, he would just drive me around um, my area just to introduce me to the places. And I, I, I felt like, wow, at least, at least I know someone around here. At least I, I have a friend. And that kind of developed into something else, you know, and I, I was I was reluctant because my heart was still hurting over this breakup. I was kind of in a rebound situation, um, but he was there and we started dating. He started bringing me around his family and I felt like, oh, here's a place to belong. And ultimately we started dating and we got together um, and then we got engaged 11 months later. It was something that just kind of crept up slowly and in my mind I was going, well, maybe love isn't all the feelings and the intrigue and the connection that I was feeling with the other guy because clearly that didn't go anywhere. Um, maybe love is something a little slower, something that you grow into with somebody. And so, um, and he had a lot of values that I that I had too, you know, things that were important to me like family values and and we both liked dining out and we both liked exploring new foods. So there were there were things about um, our connection that made sense. Um, so I I allowed myself to get into that and um, we got married. We got married very quickly. Um, and and then about three years into our marriage, we. It split. We split up, and we got a divorce. We we realized we wanted different things, and our our relationship was headed in completely different directions. Um, and I I just I just knew that like this is not the relationship for me. And yeah. and and we we tried to lean into the relationship and fix it, but it just wasn't it wasn't working. It wasn't even the way that we went about working on our relationship like. He had one way, I had another, and I was just, it just became clear to me that the kind of relationship that this man wants is not the same kind of relationship that I want. And what I'm willing to do to hold on to a relationship is not the same thing that he's willing to do to, to hold on to a relationship. And ultimately, because of that, because, because we didn't have common values about the relationship and how to hold on to the relationship, the relationship ultimately fell apart. Yeah. 
maybe you could share a little bit with us just because I, I know like so many people are probably asking like, you know, because there's this situation of you getting married to this guy and then three years later just realizing like, oh, this is not the right relationship for me. And if you could share a little bit about like what kind of motivated you going into that relationship and once you were in it, what did you see that made you go like, oh, like this actually isn't the kind of relationship I'm looking for? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, it was there were there were things that that felt comfortable about that relationship. It was like I had somebody to hang out with now. I had somebody to go have a cup of coffee with. Um, I, I had moved to a new place and just didn't know a lot of people. I didn't know barely anybody. I worked a lot. Um, and here's somebody who who had grown up his whole life in that area, knew everything, knew places, started taking me places. And some of the things that I enjoyed for myself, um, we would share that together. So like, you know, we'd take drives. He'd take me to beautiful scenic places. He'd take me to new restaurants, things that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then there was the whole family aspect. Like that was really family and, and being connected with family was really important. I always had somewhere to go on the weekend because his family was always doing something. So I didn't feel so alone. And I, I think that was one of the primary driving forces because at the time I was, I was working so much, I was working so many hours and I would get home and have nobody to come home to. Yeah. It was like, it was like quiet. I didn't have activities or hobbies or anything that that engaged me after after hours and um, and it, it became like like this is my place to be able to connect and so I started connecting in in that environment and that, that was the initial motivation what I started to realize as our, our relationship grew was that we didn't have like an we didn't want to talk about the same things his our interests were different while we could connect about things like family and food and you know seeing cool things and traveling and and all these amazing things um i wanted to talk about ideas i wanted to talk about my spirituality i wanted to i wanted to talk about you know like our goals and our passions and Although he would sit and listen to me, there was no like participation in that. And that, that's something that has always been really important to me in a relationship is being able to talk about our dreams, our passions, our ideas yeah. um, to, to expand. For me, a, a big need of mine is to grow, you know, to expand my horizons and my borders and not just by visiting new restaurants or going to new places or traveling, but also to be able to, to talk in a way that expands my my inner growth, my self-development, my my I want to learn things all the time and and that need wasn't getting filled in my in my marriage and my relationship. Yeah. I think that's so huge and I wanted to explore that a little bit because I think so many people would say like, "Oh, well if you find a good person who treats you well and you get along, like you should just hang on to that." Mm -hmm. But you're like, there was something that was fundamentally missing in my marriage that like I, I needed to have. And I guess, yeah, I'm wondering, like, how did you know? I'm trying to think of the question, like, how did you know that it was OK to like let go of this and that? I mean, I know you didn't necessarily know you would find what you were looking for. Right. But like what made you feel like it was OK to let go of that? safe, secure, yeah. you know, predictable 
nice kind of relationship and really go for something that was going to like light your soul up? It was really, really hard (laughs) because I, I spent about a year and a half really thinking very deeply about what my options were. I was someone who at the time didn't believe in divorce. My community did not believe in divorce. My parents, I literally thought my mother would like have a heart attack and die if I told her I was getting a divorce. Um, it was not a common thing in my in my culture and my community at the time. And I felt like I was gonna going to be letting everybody down. Um, and I didn't want to hurt my my ex-husband at the time. I, I really was like, he's a good man. He has he has he may not be a lot of things that I'm looking for, but he's a good person with a good heart. I don't want to hurt this person. And I went about trying to fix myself. And I think a lot of us do that, like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I better go and figure something out. And um, I got into yoga. I started exploring clubs and going to writing workshops. And I started exploring some of my hobbies, thinking I can find some happiness Mm -hmm. doing these things. I did a lot of those things for about a year and a half. And um, the deeper I got into my own self-reflections, because that's what happens when you start to work on yourself and do things that bring you joy and pleasure, I just got very deep in my own self-reflections about who is the woman that I want to be, what is the kind of relationship that I want, if this relationship could be anything, like what would it be like? And, and I started trying to broach those conversations, and it was like, there's like a wall. Yeah. You know, and 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 every time I brought something up, it was like, why are you starting a fight? Everything is okay. That's not worth fighting about. Let's just roll it off our backs. Let's go to dinner. Let's go to my mom's. Let's go to do this. And I felt so dissatisfied and I felt like I didn't have space to entertain the difficult conversations or like the, the, the challenges that were happening for me. And and that was like. Like you're trying to deepen the relationship and he's going like, why are you making such a big deal about this? Like, why can't we just chill and have a good time kind of thing? Yeah. In yeah. his mind and, and to his credit, you know, he, he grew up in a in a very different household. Like in his mind, he's going, I'm really I'm good to you. I'm, I'm loving. I, I love you. I take care of you. I take you places. I'm nice to you. I speak to you nicely. And I'm on paper and and to everyone else like we did. We had the picture perfect marriage and it was fine. Um, but inside I felt it stagnating. Like we, there has to be another level to go from here. And my, my father's answer was like, you want to save your marriage, stay home and have babies. And I was going like, that is the last thing that I want to do right now. You know? And, and that was, that's like an old, an old world thinking or where my family comes from, you know, women just eventually just stay home and have babies. And to me, I was going like, I can't, I don't want to take that on in my life and, and, and have a child with somebody in this state of unhappiness because I'm just going to be miserable to everyone in my life. And I can't do that to him. I can't do that to my child. I can't do that to the people that I love. And I knew that it would turn me into a person that I didn't want to be. And, and I had like this it was like a big struggle and a conflict internally because I was going, divorce doesn't exist in my culture and I don't even believe in divorce. Like how could I even be thinking about leaving my partner? And then at the same time going like, 
But if I stay, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to hurt people and I'm going to create an environment that's, that's unlivable for everybody. Yeah. And that ultimately was like, that was like the, the, the moment that I go, I think this is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still tried even after that. I was like, let's go to therapy. Let's go to counseling. At the time, um, my ex-husband wasn't open to that. And that was another, that was like another affirming piece. Like, okay, you don't want to work on the relationship. You don't want to explore any other options. Um, I don't think that this is going to work. Yeah. And I remember you saying, and and I I think that's true. Like it's just such a big deal breaker when one person in the relationship, either person feels like there's something to work on here and your partner says, well, that's your problem. Deal with it. Right. But I'm not going to work on it with you. Like there really is nowhere to go from there. Like where can you go from that? Right. It's, it's such a scary place to be because I was looking at I was looking at this is the end of the road for us, and I'm so afraid on, about what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's on the other side. And the person that I've chosen to walk through life with me doesn't want to hold my hand through this. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated by that. I didn't have the answers. I didn't know what was going to come of going to therapy or working on our relationship. I had no idea. But it was just so scary that I, I felt so alone. Um, in my own struggles, pains, fears, and he just didn't have my back. Mm -hmm. And I wanted somebody to have my back and to be there without any answers. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this is going, but we're just, we're going to walk through this together. And, and, and in that moment, I knew that that's what I, that's the kind of relationship I wanted, that no matter how bad it got, no matter what kind of ugly words came up or the fights or the struggles or the 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 scary ideas that that my partner would be there to be able to talk about it muddle through it figure out a way to get through it yeah and that's where the idea came for me like the way that we work through our challenges in a relationship shows you what the relationship is made of you know, and in a lot of ways, it was, I, I recognized it was my, it, it was, it was because I didn't struggle and fight for that in the beginning of our relationship. I just wanted the comfort of having somebody there um, and, and, and have, and feeling a place to belong that I didn't, when we had small tiffs in the beginning, I didn't, I didn't bring them up. Let's talk about this. Let's work this out. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to fight for the sake of keeping the peace and things like that. Which I can say from personal experience, you definitely learn not to do that later on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, how much experience did I have in relationships? Nobody taught me. Yeah. You know, there was no guidebook. My parents didn't teach me any skills about it. And, um, you know, any skills that I got were like, they were old time. My mom, my mom was dating, like men would write her letters and, and that's how she had to select, you know, who she was going to, who was going to court her so they could get married. It was a very different time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a different time, a different culture and the same rules don't apply, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, that was, that was my, that was my experience. And, and unfortunately, um, we ended up separating and then later getting divorced and it was, 
it was devastating. I think I, I didn't know that I was going to be married and divorced before 30. Um, and that was really hard. I went through a lot of self-reflection, exploration. I shied away from my community. I didn't feel comfortable or accepted. Um, things were very, very challenging. My father was very angry with me for a long time. My mom was actually quite supportive. Um, she just, she didn't give me any advice, but she was just like, right or wrong, you're my daughter and I'm going to be here for you, which was shocking for me because she was the one that I was most afraid about. But my family, my family did ultimately um, have my back and wanted to see me happy. They just didn't know how, Yeah. you know, and, and I didn't know how. Now, how many years was it from your divorce until we met? Uh, five, six, seven years. Seven years. Seven years. I know it was like it was like exactly ten years from your divorce until we got married, right? Like almost <laughs> yeah. exactly, like almost to the day or something. Uh, from the time I got separated to okay. when we got married, yeah. actually the same weekend. The same weekend, so it's so interesting. Ten years, ten years. from the weekend you separated till the weekend we got married. That's mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um, so, like, what happened in these seven years? I know what happened after the seven years, but yeah. but in these seven years, like, what? What was that like? Like, what what did you go through? What did you experience? Yeah. So this was a, another major breakup for me. And even even if there were there was a lot of disappointment in the results of the relationship, um, number one for me was like, it doesn't. This doesn't need to be a nasty divorce. I'm not going to feed into any of that. We we loved each other at one point, and I'm I'm going to. Um, we're gonna we're going to amicable, amicably separate and resolve this and stay friends. And to this day, we are. That was a very hard process because there was a lot of pressure um, in 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 our environments amongst our friends to just you shouldn't talk to him and you get away from him and things like that. And I I just knew that that's not the way that I wanted to deal with it. And Which, by the way, you guys still work together. <laughs> yeah, we're like friends. How many years later? Like, I can't. I've lost count. Yeah. But yes, we're still friends. Um, we're on very good terms. But it 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 was a lot of work to do it that way because no one at the time in our environment did that. Mm-hmm. And um, I I'm actually very proud of that. I, I really really am. In in my mind, there there was an honoring of the relationship and the the mutual love and respect that we had for each other uh, that I was not willing to let go of mm-hmm. and I did not want it to turn ugly. And there was no reason to hate each other or get nasty and vicious. During all of that, I I turned to things that would make me feel better. So it was it was yoga. I got deeper into my yoga practice. I decided to do a yoga teacher training. After that, I went to India. Um, I did another yoga teacher training after that. And I got into environments and into communities where I felt um, held, where I felt loved, where I felt appreciated, where I felt that I could express myself as me outside of this relationship. So Mm -hmm. what happens is what I realized was uh, I was in this relationship and it became about I was like an accessory to someone else. And I all of my activities and things were just related to this other person and even the one yoga class I would go to once a week it was like oh this is for my stress or whatever this is like my escape but that I I had started to get an inkling of oh here I am 
You know, I'm, I'm not just my relationship. Like I'm, I'm this whole person with interests and, and, um, and joys and things that I actually want to experience on my own, um, outside of any relationships. Like I needed to learn myself again in relationship to myself. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing those things. Um, and it made me feel alive and, 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 and I still went through a lot of mourning for this relationship because it was, um, it, it was a major one. It was a marriage. It, it had lasted, um, in total about almost six years, about five, six years. And it was, um, it was, it was really, it was really hard, uh, to experience this on such a monumental level. It wasn't just a little breakup. Mm -hmm. Like it was a whole marriage and separations of families and things and disappointments. And I, I had a lot of internal things to deal with. Um, and as your a result family of turning against you or your father anyway. And yeah, it, it was, was hard. Yeah, it was really hard. But but I and, and, and that's why it became so important to be in environments that uplifted me, mm -hmm. that helped me feel connected to 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 myself internally, to my intuition, to know, yes, I'm making the right choice. Yes, this is this is the right path for me, even though it's hard. Mm -hmm. And I felt a lot of resistance in one in in a, in certain areas, <clears throat> and it that was that was really it was really really important to me. And along the way, I just nourished and fed myself and fed my my inner light, my 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 soul. Um, I made some incredible friendships, met some incredible teachers, and and I and I got back into that place of you know, this is, this is for me. This is for my own enrichment. This is for my own, um, expansion for my own learning. And, and again, like I said earlier, I just crave that in my life and I needed to be in spaces that allowed me to express that part of myself. Yeah. And I didn't feel that in my marriage. There weren't spaces where I could experience that within my marriage, or and at least I didn't, I didn't feel that I had that. And was all of that a big part of you, like healing the heartbreak and all of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was this, you know, it's funny about heartbreak. I don't, I don't think it ever really leaves us. You know, it's, it stays like there's a, there was always this sadness about it, but there wasn't this devastation anymore. There wasn't mm -hmm. this, you know, rolling around in it. And I did a lot of that. I cried a lot. <laughs> you know, there were nights where I was just like, I can't believe this is my life right now. Um, it wasn't all just like pick up and move forward. You know, there was a lot of uh, release and letting go over and over and over again. Um, but it was it was deeply nourishing and deeply healing to be in spaces that in, in environments with people that constantly reaffirmed to me, yes, this is what I want to be doing in my life. Yes, I'm making the right choice. Yes, I, I get to choose the things that bring me joy and happiness and fulfillment. Um, it wasn't wrong, you know, even though it was it wasn't an acceptable idea to some people in my community. It wasn't wrong. I'm not wrong. Yeah. I'm allowed to make choices. And I made a choice that didn't work for me. And now I'm making a new choice for my life. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it gave me a lot of... Um, a lot of my self-esteem back and a lot of my recognition that what I want matters, that, that, that my, my happiness, my joy is important to me. Um, 
And, and I didn't, I just didn't allow myself to feel bad and wrong for having made a choice, uh, such a monumental choice that was like, yeah, really major and, and quite unpopular <laughs> at the time. Very unpopular. <laughs> you know, maybe you could just share, because I, I know you're someone who has quite a strong relationship with suffering. And I mean that in a good way. Like you're, you've really, you've suffered a lot in your life and you've learned how to deal with it. And I know you, you did a lot in your childhood and a lot in your divorce and, you know, in all these different periods of your life. Maybe you could share just like for you when it comes to healing, suffering and like moving through a period of suffering, like what what really helps with that? And I know you may have already shared some of that, but, you know, anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, um, for me, every time a period of suffering like that comes up, I, I really I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert at heart. Um, I go inside. And I, I learned from a young age that um, I felt the safest and most protected when I went internal. And I, I developed a very deep spiritual relationship growing up um, in the box that I learned growing up that was, you know, traditional. Um, but as I grew older, that's always where I retreat to. And it, it de I developed such a deep inner life um, and a deep inner monologue that even though it didn't, I didn't always feel like I could voice out in the world or in my relationships or with other people there, that was always a place that I could go. So, um, I, I mentioned I had started doing yoga during the last few years of my, my, uh, marriage. And then I got really deep into it, um, after my separation and divorce and it just fed my spirituality in a completely different way. It was like, Remember, I, I like to expand my horizons. It like widened the view um, so much. It was like putting on a different pair of glasses and looking at the world from a different paradigm and um, seeing, you know, God and the spirit and the soul from a completely different place. And I, I just dove into it really, really deeply. And it helped me understand my life. Um, it helps. It helped me understand my suffering at that time. Um, in 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 a new way and be able to walk through it with courage, with bravery, not be ashamed of it. Um, and, and to, to really just like go use it as a way to understand myself, other people. It, it really nourished my, my, my sense of self, but also help me understand and, and have more empathy for other people Yeah, and, and other people in relationships. I love that, like using your suffering as a way to understand yourself and other people and relationships. And, and really, I mean, that, that is what suffering teaches us, right? Mm -hmm. It's like compassion and empathy. And yeah, so I love that. <laughs> now, there were seven years between the end of your marriage and, and when you and I met. And so I, I know in that seven years, you dated a lot of people, you were on dating apps. So what was that like? Just that seven year period of dating, being on apps, meeting different people. Like, how did you navigate all of that? And and I want to say, like, at the end of it all, you found what you were looking for. Right. Yeah. So there's there's something you did in that seven years that worked. And I'd like to know what I think everybody would like to know what that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, dating apps. That was fun. Um, I tried most of them. Uh, I, yeah. I tried the major ones at the time. Um, you know, I, I never... 
I never had a whole lot of luck with them in the beginning. I would meet people. It didn't work out. There were some that the process just took such a long time. And then I would go on dates and I'd be like, how did that fall flat? You know, (laughs) Um, but eventually, um, and this was right before, it was about a year before we met. Eventually, one day I just realized I'm just going to have the best experience I can. You know, if I'm going to be spending my time going out on dates I'm just going to make it worth my while. I'm going to meet with people that are interesting, that I find interesting. I'm going to have the best time that I can have over coffee or tea because my my thing was I'm not meeting people for dinner anymore. I'm just going to have a very non-committal meet you for tea. It can be 10 minutes. It can be two hours. Um, so I, I just s- decided I was going to start having fun with it. And there, no matter what the outcome, whether the person, whether I wanted to see them again or not, I was just going to have the best time possible. And things shifted for me after that. Um, I actually started meeting really amazing people with great stories. I'd have a great time. Um, Some of those dates turned into second dates. Some of them didn't. But there was like this lightness and this freedom about it where I was just genuinely going to connect with people, hear their stories, um, share some of mine, and have a good time without that pressure of is this the person? Am I wasting my time? Oh, another failed date. All of that back talk was really a lot of pressure and it, it was so constricting. So when I shifted my, my attitude about it, I just started experiencing better dates and meeting better people. Um, what would you say to someone who like, cause I know a lot of people are probably wondering like, how do I shift that attitude? You know, cause, cause so many people are like, it's exhausting and I never meet anyone I like. And even like psyching myself up for another date, just like, it, it just feels like maddening even thinking about it. And I never, you know, I never have a good time. Like it's always disappointing. Like what would you say to someone who wanted to shift their attitude like you did? Hmm. I would say, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I think, you know, calling them dating apps kind of, makes us suppose that we're supposed to meet somebody and it should work out. Or like, this is one of these people is going to be the the person that I end up married. And I have friends that met their partners on dating apps and it worked out. They're, they're married. They're happily married to this day, you know, and it works. It works for some people. It wasn't working the way that I did it. And I think it was because I was putting so much pressure and expectation on this thing becoming something where when I shifted my attitude to that, These dating apps are a tool to connect me to people that are interesting. They're a connection tool. That's all they are. They're not a place to meet my future partner or whatever. It's just a place to connect me to interesting people. Mm. When I shifted my attitude about that and stopped expecting my dates to go anywhere, um, that's that's when I felt a lot more lightness about it. And I, I had, I think I would go on like two or three dates a week sometimes. And again, coffee, tea, very non-committal, short. It also was kind of like a social thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to go meet this cool people. We've been chatting a little bit. He seems really interesting. We'd share some stories. And at the end of the date, I'd go, if I wanted to see them again, I'd tell them, you know, I'd had a really nice time. I'd love to see you again. And if I didn't, I would say I've had a really nice time um, sharing stories with you, hearing about your your stories. I, I, Thank you so much for meeting with me. I don't want to take this any further, but I hope you find what you're looking for. 
Um, and people's reception was actually really good. Yeah. Nobody, I, I would tell my friends that I would tell my dates that and they'd be like, oh, I would never. <laughs> but, um, but actually I got really good responses from that. And they said, you know what? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being honest with me. Or, you know what? I hope you find what you're looking for too. I'm really glad that we had this time together. And we both just had a good time. And that's all it was. I think what you just said as a practice for anybody who's like single and dating is one of the best things in the world is like go on a lot of dates, you know, as many as you can reasonably with, with like out expectation, like nothing needs to happen and just have an authentic experience of the person. If you want to see them again, tell them if you don't want to see them again, tell them. And that's it. Like, and just like reducing it down to like the present moment, and that practice, I think, is just so, so powerful. Yeah. Like cutting out all the noise, all the drama, all the BS, and I'm, I'm reducing it to one meeting. I figure out how I feel, and I'm honest about it, and I, like I let that be complete, right? Like there's nothing I need to add to that. Like that's enough. I, I just think that is so, so powerful. It, it really was. The quality of my dating life became exponentially better after that, and I felt better about myself too. Um, I didn't feel bad that dates didn't turn into second dates or that this person didn't want to see me again, or I didn't want to see that person again. It just, and I, and I, you know, looking back now also, because we did not meet on a dating app, I feel like that was a lot of practice of taking mm -hmm. the pressure off yeah. and, and just it, and just having an experience, as you said, having an experience with someone, um, gauging the level of connection. Is this someone that I see potential with or not, but not immediately like making a value judgment if the connection wasn't there or I didn't want to see them again, or I did and they didn't, it, it, it totally took out all of that pressure um, and I was able to just have an, a, an authentic experience with another human being who's also looking for the same thing. They're looking for love, but not necessarily from me. Right. They're just exploring options the way that I was exploring options. Yeah, that's it, it. Really, is so so powerful to to be able to do it like that. And I wanted to ask you um, because you mentioned, you know, if if somebody if you wanted to see somebody again, you would tell them, and sometimes they didn't want to see you again. What was that like for you? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, like I, I can't tell them I want to see them again. What if they don't want to see me? Like, how did you handle that? I didn't take it personally. You know, it was because if I didn't, I had had enough experiences going on dates where I didn't want to see the person again, but it wasn't personal to them. Mm -hmm. They were a lovely person. You know, they had a beautiful life. I just didn't want to see them again. So I stopped taking it personally on the other side Right. They didn't feel it again, but we just got to spend some some time together. You know, we had a nice time together. As far as first dates go, that was nice. You know, it wasn't a negative experience. Um, so, And sometimes I would be slightly disappointed. I'd be like, oh, man, I really was hoping to see this person again. But I just wouldn't take it personally. I didn't take that to mean anything about me. Oh, I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't hold their interest enough. They had other things to do or I don't know. All mm -hmm. the things that we make up about why people don't want to see us again. Yeah, yeah. I didn't allow myself to get wrapped up in those thoughts or those ideas. I just recognized this person has a right to have a choice and they don't want to see me again. All that means is that they don't want to see me again. It doesn't mean anything about me. And I think sometimes we take rejection very personally, yeah. like it's something deficient in us. And I refuse to see that because 
I was having such a great time on my dates and people were so awesome. Like really, I, I got to meet some very amazing people. And, and I know from the, from the interest that, you know, what I was sharing was also really amazing and like piqued people's interests, but you know, for whatever reason, there just wasn't enough to go on a second date or to, or to move on with the relationship. And that's okay. And I think it's so like on that note, like you really don't know what's going on for someone. Like they might still be in love with their ex. They might be like super stressed out at work. They might be having health issues. They might be having problems in other areas of their life. Like they might've, they might really like you, but they had just been on a date the night before with someone else that they like better. And it's like, like you really just don't know what's going on with someone. And to, to take it personally is just so destructive because again, we just, we don't know. And, and it's, it's valid and, and it, it's not about you, right? Like it's, it's really not about you. It's just about where that person is, what they have going on and, mm. and their right to choose one way or the other, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, I think sometimes we just put so much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. and on the other person. And it's, it's, you know, first dates or the first couple of dates are not supposed to be high pressure environments at all. Mm-hmm. They're, a, they're a place to gauge interest. Do I want do I see some potential here? Do I want to continue on in this relationship? There, it's like it's like it's almost kind of like an interview. Um, and I know there are more feelings involved, but it but you're you're gauging the person on whether this connection has the potential for something. And if I don't recognize the potential or the other person doesn't recognize the potential, it doesn't take anything away from myself or that person. It just means there's a lack of potential there, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So in the in this seven year period, um, aside from being on dating apps and dating lots of people, are there any significant experiences that like you really learned something that you want to share about? Um, I think I shared them. Did you? All right. <laughs> well, I just I know like there were certain relationships, and I don't know if not that you have to, but I don't know if there's any of them that stand out as particularly powerful that you'd want to speak into. I mean, it was all more of the same. Um, I, I, I had most of my relationships only lasted about two months. I think we've shared that several times on, on the podcast and on the lives. Um, I, (laughs) I, I would meet people. They would be interesting. We'd get into a relationship two months. Um, and I, thought I was doing something wrong at one point. I was like, why do my relationships, they just don't last past the two month mark. I remember when we first got together, I was like, I'm just trying to get past this two month mark. We make it a joke. Um, We made it at two months. We're like, we're here. Yeah, (laughs) we celebrated. Um, It was, it was, it was one of those things where I was just, I would look back after a relationship fizzled out after two months and I'd be like, what was that about? Uh, but I, I realized it was in that two months, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I realized this when we got together Yeah. because our, our relationship just unfolded. I think we, I, I definitely, I think we both did. We took everything that we learned in all that time and really were aware of how our relationship was unfolding. And those first two months in my relationships were really about discovering whether this person was was a person that I could continue on. So it was kind of an extension of the first dates, mm-hmm. you know, where, where all right, I, I see I want to 
explore this connection a little bit further. I, I, this person is interesting. This relationship has a potential of going somewhere, but then somewhere in those two months, maybe our vision for our, for the life that we wanted wasn't aligned. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted different things. Um, we had different values. Uh, we had different worldviews that just did not align or we couldn't agree on. Um, you know, there were things when I considered like, oh, if we get married and have children, like how will it be with this person um, given the, the way that they want to live their life or the, 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 the values and principles that govern their life? Okay, well, that doesn't really fit with me. And even though these were lovely people, same thing, wonderful people, lovely people, um, definitely felt attracted and connected with them. But in the long term, based on my vision for what I wanted a relationship to be or what I wanted my life to be or how I wanted it to unfold, um, it wasn't going to work out. And so the relationship just naturally came to an end. And I just want to connect the dots here for the listeners or for whoever, but you know, it's, I think it's really powerful that you started out like 18 years old. Okay, go meet someone. And you didn't know anything and you had a few experiences and you end up married to this guy. And, and then you realize like, wow, this marriage really isn't what I thought it would be or, or what I want in a relationship. And then coming out of that marriage, your dating process was completely different, mm -hmm. right? It, it was like, it was like very conscious, very aware. I know what I'm looking for. And as you just shared, the relationships didn't last longer than two months. And of course it's like, and I understand, and I think anybody in your position might've gone like, what am I doing wrong? Why don't my relationships last longer than two months? But it's like, well, you had a relationship that lasted longer than two months and look at how that turned out, right? Like yeah. you weren't happy in it. And so what was actually happening is like, you were clear about the kind of relationship you wanted to have. You were consciously assessing every person you dated on that basis. And when you were clear that it wasn't going to be that, you ended it. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, again, if we're talking about practices that are just really powerful, like we said about dating, you know, it's like you go, you find out how you feel and you'll be honest about it. Like, that's another one. Like, and I know something I teach and we've taught together is like, you need that three month window before you put any expectation on the relationship or before you start making any assumptions about what the relationship is or what it's going to be. Like, you need that three month window to just experience it and find out how you feel about it. And yeah. you you did that like very well. And it, it took you seven years going from your divorce until you and I met. But had you, rather than spending two months in those relationships, spent two years in those relationships, it would have taken a lot longer than seven years. It would have been 15, 20, you know, I mean, depending on how long you spent in these relationships, it could have been decades mm -hmm. before you met the right person. I think it's also really important to note that sometimes we don't know the relationship that we want until we have the experiences with in, in relationship with someone mm -hmm. else and realize like, this is not what I'm looking for. It's like, you have to have a juxtaposition. I had no idea. I had no business at 18 years old trying to pick a husband, you know? I didn't know enough. I, I, I was never allowed to date and I wasn't given any skills. I wasn't taught what to look for or how to go about it. And so, um, it, it, it's not that my relationships were failures, but I was really, I was really starting to experience what it was like to be in relationship, how, how that was different from what I expected a relationship mm -hmm. to be. And, and I just kept thinking about it as a really important practice that I developed during those seven years was I would start to journal about the kind of relationship that I wanted. 
and I would start to talk about to myself, to this partner, this future partner that I was going to meet, how I wanted our relationship to be, how I would feel in that relationship, the things we would do together, the kind of life that we would have, you know, what we would talk about, where we would go. Um, and I, I, I started to unfold that based on every experience, every failed, and I put that in quotes, um, every failed relationship, every two-month relationship from my marriage, I just started to explore that and bring that forth in my in in my daydreamings, in my musings. Um, and and I started to develop this the clear mm -hmm. picture, but also hold on to that and write it down. It wasn't just something yeah. that I was like, oh, I don't want this, I want this. It was really creating a vision for the kind of relationship that I would that I would potentially want one day and I had no idea when that was going to happen but I just knew here's this thing that's in my heart I can't let go of that it's real and present for me it means so much to me there has to be someone out there that's like this someone that wants the same things that I do there has to be because I'm I can't be the only person that wants these things in a relationship mm -hmm. um, and that really kept the hope alive for me. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can um, jump into when you and I met now. And what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story. It is a great story. Um, so maybe just tell the story from your own perspective. And I mean, I think we should talk about actually how we met and specifically like what you were doing that led to that because it, I mean, it is powerful and it took you across the country and it's, it's actually miraculous. And, and before you go into the story, I just want to preface this by saying like, so this is seven years of you like dating people, clarifying what you want, journaling about your relationship, creating this vision, like, like just really like intentionally being very intentional about this entire process from ba for basically seven entire years, right? And then one day when you're just sitting there minding your own business, <laughs> these miraculous events start to take place that end up taking you across the country and ultimately end up leading to us meeting. So I, I just want to preface that like, yes, these miraculous events kind of took place and it just kind of happened, but it was like seven years of you like consciously working towards this and having your intention and your vision before these miracles started happening. So now, please, <laughs> go ahead. Um, so what led me to ultimately to this this place, um, I, I had decided at some point during these seven years that I don't have somebody to go to brunch with. I don't have someone to go to dinner with. I'm going to start taking myself out. It was one of, one of these things that I did for me. Um, so one day I took myself out to brunch and I'm sitting at a table in a, in a coffee shop and there's this man sitting at a table next to me and he's reading something, the four love languages or five love languages. the five love languages. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, I'm interested in stuff like that. Um, and he starts talking to the waiters and, um, he's, he's dining alone and he's, he's talking to the waiters and he's having conversation and his conversation sounded like conversation that I would be interested in having. He wasn't just talking about the weather or what he did over the weekend or something like that. Um, he was talking about health and wellness and, you know, someplace he was going to go to a conference or something like that. And I was like, wow, I really, I need to talk to this person. Um, 
so I, I found I found a reason to kind of introduce myself and we ended up having brunch together. And in the course of the conversation, as he was talking about his family who mostly lived in Florida and, and he lives here in New Jersey or at the time he lived there in New Jersey. Um, and, and he was talking about how he was going to go see his family and he was doing this, this self-development course in Florida. And it was, it was really inspirational and it was shifting the way that he saw himself and how he saw his life and the things that, that the, how it was like shifting his relationships with his family. And I was like, wow, that sounds like what I'm into, you know? So here's, here's me who loves to expand my horizons and constantly be learning and been working on myself. I've been working very hard on myself for the last seven years. And I'm totally enthralled about like, I, I, I want to go do this. What is this thing? Um, so he gives me the information and I, I sign up for one of the next ones. It, it was a few months down, down the line. And I decide I'm, I'm at this point in my life where I was like, something's not working for me. I really, I don't know what I need right now. Maybe this thing will help me find that. Um, so I get on a plane and I go to Florida to this thing it was crazy because I was going like, what if I don't like it? What if it's, it was like five days or something like that. What if it's not for me? And I told myself, I don't know. I think this is going to be good for me. And worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, I have a weekend in Florida and I could just use my time like that. So automatically I was already going into it. Like, even if the, the, the workshop isn't for me, I'm going to go have the best time that I can have because I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not doing anything that wastes my time. Yeah. And I walked in with the intention of, I'm not here to meet anybody. I'm not here to, to, to find a date or anything like that. Like this is solely for me to work on myself, work on my heart. Um, I've got some things that I need to figure out. And, and I, I, I took the workshop and you were there <laughs> at the back of the workshop. Um, and it's so funny because it was, it was like, I don't, I can't see anything without my glasses that far away. I was sitting in the front row. You were all the way in the back. It's like, imagine like a massive conference room. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, we were, we were like a good hundred yards away from each other. <laughs> it, it was. And, and I, and again, I had like no radar to look at anybody in this, in this conference, but Shane stands up and introduces himself and immediately my instinct was like, wow, he's handsome. And I didn't even know where that came from because I was like, A, I can't really see him very well without my class. <laughs> what am I talking about? Um, and secondly, I'm not here for that. And I, I just put it out of my mind. But it was like this gut response. Um, and, and I didn't think about it for the rest of the time. I went to this five day weekend conference. I ended up enrolling in a couple of other ones um, that ended up, what was it, like a four month process. Um, at, after the end of all of this, um, I grew exponentially during this whole experience. It was, it was, it was a beautiful program. I made some incredible friends. Um, it, I became part of this amazing community of like-minded people having great ideas and having amazing discussions and everyone's working on themselves and on their life and having visions and goals. And it was right up my alley. I felt like on fire for those three, four months. Um, and at the end of it, I, I enrolled to be part of one of the support staff for one of the upcoming um, weekends. And Shane and I kind of reconnected over a brunch 
you know, we were, and Shane, by the way, was a very, very um, busy man who had a lot on his plate on his schedule and he never came around to anything. So it wasn't like he was around a lot and I got to interact with him a lot. He was just like not available. And all of a sudden we were both down, we were both um, in the same place during this one weekend and we both got invited to this brunch and Shane decides it's gonna show up. And we sit next to each other and just have awesome conversation the whole brunch. And I'm feeling like pretty good about this. And, and I think both of us didn't want to end the, the brunch. And I think, did, were you the one that said, let's, let's go get a cup of coffee down yeah, the street? Yeah, let's go get coffee. And, yeah. yeah. We weren't quite ready to end our interaction. <laughs> so a bunch of us went for coffee after that. And after coffee, I was staying with a friend. After coffee, um, my friend was like, um, why don't we go back to my place and just hang out? So we ended up hanging out for the rest of the night. And then it was dinner time and we all had to eat. And then we were like, should we all just go get dinner? So it was just, it was like the conversation and the connection was just there. And neither one of us wanted to stop talking. Um, and so a brunch turned into a cup of coffee, turned into like a kitchen side talk <laughs> at our friend's house, uh, turned into dinner. And then, and then I came to see you and it was like, I was there, I was there for the whole weekend and I, it just, it was like one experience after another. Let's just see, let's just see. And by the end of the weekend, we'd, I'd had to come back to New Jersey um, and it was going to be three weeks before we saw each other again. And it was, we had, we decided, let's just keep talking and see where this goes. There was enough of an interest for me. There was enough of an interest mm -hmm. and an intrigue. Like, wow, this was really amazing conversation. There's something about this connection that I really like that I want to explore more of. Mm -hmm. And so we had three weeks. We spoke every night for three weeks for hours. <laughs> and um, I remember some of the best conversations that I'd ever had with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big deal for you. A very big deal. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that's, that's how it happened. So I, I think I'd like to maybe have you share a little bit about like in those first, I mean, there was obviously that three weeks where we were talking every night and then we saw each other again. And um, maybe like as our relationship was developing, because, you know, you were approaching this so consciously and so aware of what you wanted and maybe you could share like what were some of the green flags or some of the things like in that first few months or that first year where you were like, I, I, you know, whatever it was that had you end the previous relationships after two months, like what, what did you see that made you believe that this relationship could work? Well, uh, super important for me at the time and it, right from the beginning, I, the both of us, I think, um, talked a lot about what we were looking for once we decided we were mm -hmm. doing this and dating. Um, and I, I initially was, was like, look, I've had a lot of crash and burns. I was talking about my two month relationships. I was like, there's crash and burns. I wouldn't categorize them like that now, but I, it was very important to me to take it slowly and approach it consciously. I didn't talk about it in that way at the time, but it was like, I want to know that every step of the way that what I'm feeling is real 
that we're both here because we want to be here and that we want the same things. And I don't want to get caught up in the emotions and the feelings of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, there was emotion, there was attraction, there was passion, there was all of that. But it was very important to me that we both knew what we wanted from the relationship and what we want, what, what our expectations were also um, for this relationship. At the time, we were long distance. So I was in New Jersey and you were in Florida and that was challenging in so many respects. So I wanted to make sure that neither one of us were just passing the time, you know, if we were doing this, that we both had the kind, like I, I wanted a relationship out of it. If we were going to try for something, I didn't want to just be hanging out. And I just want to say like something that I think is so important about that and so powerful because you know, I was, I was conscious. I was aware. I, you know, I was working in, I was a coach. I was working in personal development and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, to a large degree had a lot of awareness about these things, but I didn't have the kind of awareness you had around relationships. Like I just didn't at the time. And like, very much probably the way most people do it is I was like, yeah, let's jump in. It feels great. And let's figure everything else out later. And I, I think that's the way most mm. people do relationships, right? Is like, let's jump into what feels great and we'll figure the rest out later. And, you know, as long as it feels good, everything's good. And when things start feeling bad, now we fight. But like you, you really knowing what you wanted and how you wanted this relationship to unfold and like, keeping that boundary with me and like like I want to be clear like you were open you were receptive like we were very connected and we were very affectionate and, and all of that but there were certain ways that you were like we don't like you reminded me like we don't know where this is going you mm -hmm. know we don't know what this is going to become we don't know each other that well yet and like you you kept a certain pace of the relationship evolving which was really good for me too, because I didn't know to do that. Actually, I learned that from you. And I just, it's something I teach all my clients because I think it's the smartest thing anybody could ever do in, in, in relationships. But it's, it's not what comes naturally to us. Like naturally, we just want to dive in. And I think it was so amazing that you did that. I think it was powerful. I, I think when you broke it down for me like that, I was like, I get that. And I actually wanted the same thing, but I would have never thought of that on my own. And, yeah. and another thing I'll say is it made you super attractive to me hmm. because I was like, this isn't just somebody who's desperate and wants me to like validate them or give them all the attention or be their whole world. Like this is somebody who is totally okay without me. And she only wants me in her life if I'm going to add to that. And you, I want to be clear, like you, there was nothing about you that was arrogant or like bitchy or like you had an attitude or like you were superior. There, there was nothing like that, but there was like a power that you, that you brought and like a clarity and it just, it made you so attractive and it like got so much respect from me. I was like, wow, like this is an amazing human being. I just want to say that for the listeners, because I, I think what you created in me by doing that, like, it, and, and I, I had dated a lot. I'd, I'd been involved in a lot of relationships. I had never, ever experienced a woman being that way. And I thought it was super powerful and super attractive. I just want to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I had gotten to a place that, yes, I wanted a relationship. Yes, I wanted a specific kind of relationship. But 
in those seven years with all of my self-development and all the things that I did, I grew very secure in who, who I am as a person and knew that I don't need to be in a relationship to be happy. I don't need to cling to somebody. I, I am an amazing human being. I have a lot to offer. I have a lot to give. And I want to give to someone in a relationship. I want to come together in a relationship. But if I don't find that, I'm going to be okay. Maybe you could just share a little bit about that because I know like so many people struggle with this idea of like, I should be totally okay without a relationship, but I'm not. And you and I both know it's like, it's not that black and white. Maybe you could speak a little bit about what that's actually like, or at least how it was for you. I mean, you know, every time I had a two month long relationship and it ended, I was disappointed, of course, you know, but, but what I recognized was that my life didn't hinge only on, on the relationships that I was in, you know, that I had, I had a life worth living. You know, I had interests, I had goals, I had opportunities, I had things that filled my life with joy that weren't just a relationship. And yes, I wanted a relationship. I thought, you know, I, I have this idea of, of that I want to share my life with someone. I want to come together with someone. Yes, I want someone to add to my life experience. I want to add to their experience. But I didn't want to lose myself in, in a relationship. Like I spent all that time from my divorce until we met, you know, feeding and nourishing myself and learning how to stand on my own two feet and recognizing there's so much more to me than just what I was experiencing in my marriage. And I want to experience that. So I, I gained like that sense of self. And to be clear, I never lost the hope that I could find somebody. It was there in my heart. But at the same time, it's just like I was talking about the first dates. I didn't make it mean something about myself mm. that I wasn't meeting someone or that I wasn't in a relationship yet or that I was getting older and I had I wasn't married with children yet while I was watching everybody else around me, you know, getting married and having kids or when I would show up at family functions and my uncle would be like, huh, aren't you married again? You should have somebody, you know, it's like the, the annoying reminders in your life. And to me, I was just like, they're on their way. You know, I'm not going to rush this. There wasn't a desperation about finding somebody. Yeah. And and I knew my, my, I, I loved my life enough on its own and the 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 experiences, the freedom that I had, the 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 pursuits that I had that I I knew I, I could be OK. Yes, I wanted a relationship, but if I didn't find what I was looking for, it would be OK, which also didn't let me settle for those relationships that were you know, that didn't last longer than two months because I did leave all of them ultimately knowing that this isn't the relationship for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do what I did in my first relationship was like, hold on because I needed, I was lonely or I needed somebody to be with, or I, I just wanted to get married and have kids or it's getting too late for me. I need to like get on with, with my life. Um, and that's what kept that. That's what held me to that. You know, there's, there's this, there's this relationship out there for me. I know it's out there for me. I still want that. And if I don't have a relationship, it's okay. It's like a really fine balance, mm -hmm. you know, because you have to think about it in terms of today, not, oh, if I don't find somebody, I'm going to die alone. Or if I don't find someone, I'm not going to be able to get pregnant and have kids. Like there's this, there's this trust, you know, mm -hmm. and there was, and, and there was this trust in my own self that it would, it would be okay. And it would turn out okay. Yeah. And I think something that stood out to me when you were just sharing is like, 
I, I think what made all of that available to you was the fact that in that seven years, you prioritized a few things you just said is like creating a life you love, like finding yourself, knowing who you are. Like, you know, like, like you said, I had a life worth living. Like, even if, even if my relationship life wasn't working out, like, yes, that was disappointing and I, I would feel that, but there was more to my life than that. And in those seven years, you prioritized creating that. So you had that. And it, like, it would have been very easy for you to come out of your divorce and just like desperately fall into another relationship. And, mm-hmm. and then just to do that over and over and over and over again. And you actually chose the opposite. You chose to, to some degree, keep yourself out of relationship, really work on yourself and entertain relationship, but in a very conscious way. And at no point did you allow any of those relationships to become more important than your relationship with yourself? Yeah. And, and also that was like a really good gauge for whether I wanted to go on a date with somebody. Mm -hmm. It was like, do I want to see this person enough that I would give up X, Y, and Z, whatever I was doing that night, you know, whether it was coming home after yoga and like having a nice dinner and reading a book or watching a movie or the things that I enjoyed doing, you know, at, at the end of my nights is, is it worth, is it worth my time? Yeah. You know, and if, if I was interested enough in the person, I was like, yeah, yeah, I could, I could skip doing this thing tonight, or I could postpone that thing to go and meet this person. Um, then I knew that that was like, it was a, it was a relationship worth checking out, yeah. you know, it was a connection worth exploring. If this person is interesting enough for me to not spend a night alone. Then, yeah, because yeah. I enjoyed my, and yeah. to this day, I still enjoy a lot of my alone time. You know, we yeah. have a very connected relationship. We do a lot of things together, but there are a lot of things that I enjoy doing on my own. And that's, that's like my thing. And you have mm-hmm. your things. And that's really important because I, it anchors, it anchors me to a sense of myself, you know, and two people come together in a relationship you know, there's a whole like two people become one and all this stuff. But what brings two people together into a relationship is their uniqueness mm-hmm. and who they are. And so they come together and it's almost like you create a new a new entity. You know, we, we become a we and an us. But that doesn't eliminate that we have our own lives and our own interests and, and our own sense of self. And that was like very, very important to me to maintain yeah. that. Well, I, I think having the separation creates a kind of attraction and like a, an ongoing discovery. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like at no point in this relationship. And I did feel this way in past relationships is like, there's just nowhere to go from here. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I felt that way in a, basically every single one of my past relationships at some point reached that point where it was like, oh, I've seen everything, done everything. Like there's, there's nothing more here. And I think that could, be for a lot of different reasons I'm not going to go into right now, but I think something that is really beautiful about our relationship is that we grow together and we grow separately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have like the, the things that we, the hobbies and interests that you and I have now, we didn't have five years ago. And those are things that have evolved, you know, in the course of our lives together And we're always evolving on our own. And then we share about those things together. And there's, there's like an ongoing exploration, like you and I are not finished, you know? (laughs) And, and so it's like, oh, well, who are you today? You know, 
Like, yeah. <laughs> One of my teachers says it's, it's like waking up with a new person every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is kind of like that. It's like, I think relationships start to die when you start to go like, oh, I know who this person is and they're just the same person every day. And oh, I'm fucking annoyed with you today. <laughs> like, you know, like relationships start to die when that curiosity and that exploration is over. Mm. And so having like, yes, we, we do a lot of things together. We enjoy our time together. We have great conversations and all of that. And we also have whole worlds apart from each other Mm -hmm. that we explore. And that gives us something to share with each other that, that creates a sense of evolution. And we, we enrich ourselves in our personal lives and then bring that to the relationship. Yeah. I, this, I'm just thinking of this quote, Wallace Waddle says, the best thing you can do for the world is to make the most of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in relationships. The best thing you can do for your relationship is to make the most of yourself. And both of us are so committed to our own self-growth um, and into learning and to getting deeper in our own spirituality and our own personal relationships with ourselves, that it contributes to the relationship and it adds to the relationship. It's constantly renewing our relationship. Um, there's no stagnancy, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the question too. People go like, how do you keep the passion alive for years? Right? Well, that's how. That is how. You'd yeah. never stop growing personally. If you don't stop growing personally, the relationship doesn't stop growing. Well, and it's it's interesting. Like if you never stop, stop growing personally, what's going to happen is you're going to outgrow everyone except for your equal or like your partner, right? Like right. You're, you're going to like everybody you're with is just going to kind of just be like, uh, not, not feeling it. And then, but you're going to meet someone that they're kind of on that same page. And it's like, oh, I feel this, you know, but that, that does come from a a commitment to your own growth, your own expansion, constantly bringing forth the best of yourself. And yeah, when you are that kind of person, you're going to meet a lot of people that are not that way. And that'll be disappointing or, or whatever it is. But if you continue to be that person, like you're, energy will become so strong that you will attract a similar person to you. Yeah. Along those lines too, and and to go back to the original question, things that um, were defining in our relationship was we had a lot of challenges, especially in the first year uh, being long distance. Um, I remember we met because we were both participating in these trainings and these, these uh, weekend seminars. Um, And then there came a point where I just, I, the program was over and I, we were kind of trying to figure out what, what to do with, I was seeing you so frequently because I was in these programs. Are we still going to have a relationship when you're done doing these trainings? Right. And I I remember, I remember considering enrolling in another program. And I, and I said, I said this to you, we had a long conversation about this. I want to know that this relationship can work without us both being in trainings together. If that's the only thing that holds us together, then I don't want to have this relationship. Mm-hmm. So even even just recognizing that, I think was a real pivotal moment. Because, and that's so courageous too. Like, because yeah. most people want to hold on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if you're not in this, like we'll never see each other, right? Well, I was very much like, we'll figure out how to see each other. And if we don't, then don't we want to know that yeah. we don't have anything to hold us together? Mm-hmm. And yes, it was challenging. You know, 1,200 miles <laughs> in a plane ride wasn't easy. But what happened was that we developed a we developed kind of a routine where 
we would know before the visit was over, we would know when we would see each other again. Mm -hmm. And you would make plans ahead of time to come to New Jersey and I would make plans ahead of time to see you in Florida. And we never, we never left it up in the air about when, when was the next time we were going to spend time together? When was the next time we were going to see each other? Mm -hmm. That was really, really important because it gave us both the sense that, okay, this person's not just here to hang out. Um, this is really serious. And I just, I remember the first time you, you booked a plane ticket to come see me in New Jersey. It was after that three long, three week long span of us talking. And I was back down in Florida in this program and you're texting me and you're going like, I'm sitting here looking at flights to come see you in New Jersey next week. And I was like, Oh, Really? Because you had kind of offhand mentioned that you wanted to come see me in New Jersey when we were talking those first three weeks. And I was and like, yeah, I was okay. Yeah, I did. Because the, the, the guy that I was with previously, um, he, he and I lived an hour apart in New Jersey. And he wouldn't come see me in my hometown. I always had to go see him because he had a lease on his car and he didn't want to put too many miles on his car. And so it always, by default, I always had to go see him, which meant I couldn't take my weekend yoga class when I wanted. You know, I couldn't go to my favorite cafe and get the latte that I liked. Like I had to go to his place and revolve around his world. And that just never sat right with me. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't love that. And uh, the, the relationship fell apart for many reasons. But that was like a big deal. I was like, you just want me to like gravitate around you. And this is not going to work because mm -hmm. I have a whole life. In my, where I live. That you love. That, that I that love. That you worked to create. Exactly. Yeah. And and not feeling respected or seen or like a, n not having that be appreciated was just, I mean, if I mean, that was a red flag to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you start talking about hopping on a plane the next week, which by the way, flights are usually way more expensive if you're booking a week out, I'm going like okay, wow, that really, sh it really showed me the level of commitment you had to exploring this relationship with me. And we weren't even exclusive by that point yet. So I, I, I took that. <laughs> I remember telling my mom on the phone, I was like, he, he's going to come see me and I'm going to let him, you know, the last guy wouldn't drive an hour to see me. I mean, he wants to come 1200 miles. That's incredible. Well, I, I think that's just, I just want to say this for everybody is, I think that's a really good example of, you know, non-committal wishy-washy behavior is not an invitation to chase or to prove yourself because somebody who's genuinely interested is going to demonstrate that by being interested. Exactly. You know? And, and it was, it was a lot of things. So we finally, once we finally were exclusive, there were, there were little things that came up all the time and you never shied away from talking about the uncomfortable things. And eventually, as we dealt with more and more challenges and we worked through them, I, I just said, you know what? It is so important how we work through things. Not that we had a lot of trouble show up or a lot of challenges or a lot of difficulties. We joke, you joke a lot with, with your audience. Well, you did that, try to break up with me a whole bunch of times. Right. It was like 16 <laughs> times in the first year, you know, but they weren't real breakups. They were like, they were just you being, they were like bumps in the road yeah. that we had to work through and I really got to see how we work through things in our relationship. And that gave me so much confidence that the relationship had the potential to go somewhere. Well, I don't know if you were doing this consciously. I mean, I don't, I don't think you were doing it consciously, but on some level, like you, and it wasn't that you were like, I want to break up. I don't want this, but it was more like, I'm very uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I'm struggling. 
But I, I think on some level, you were kind of testing me and testing the relationship to see if it could handle that. Mm. And and I think that's, you know, I wouldn't say to intentionally like go test your relationship, but when these things come up and they're authentic, like bringing them to your relationship to see if your relationship can handle it is a very good thing to do, you know? Well, it was very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, because again, I was in a marriage where every time I brought something up, like I was a troublemaker Mm -hmm. and why are you starting problems and let's just let it roll off our backs and it's not worth fighting about. And here I was bringing up uncomfortable feelings, not even being clear about what those feelings meant um, or what we were going to do about them. But I, I needed to, I needed to bring them to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and not once did you ever shut me down. Not once did you say, don't worry about that. You're being silly. I never felt belittled. I never felt like my fears were not valid. I always felt like if there was something bothering me and it, it, then it was important to me. So it was important to you. And, and I, and I took the, every time that came up in our relationship, it was like, it was like putting another deposit in the bank, you know, Mm -hmm. of our, of our relationship. It was like, yes, this relationship can handle it. Yes. This relationship is, is, is going to be able to stand. It's going to be able to see challenges. It's, it's going, this, this man has my back. And that was like so important to me. Yeah. The biggest of green flags. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So we're, we're getting on about 90 minutes here. Um, I, I do want to maybe open up for questions a little bit and see if uh, see if we could take some questions. So maybe before we do that, just in in closing, is there any um, just uh, with everything we've talked about, anything you really want to share that's on your heart to share with people today? I always say this: it's it's if you've if you've got that inkling in your heart, you know, no matter what evidence you think you have in your life about it about dating or about finding the right partner if you have that vision in your heart like hold on to that you know it's there for a reason it's not some silly thought um really learn how to trust yourself and sometimes that's a little scary because we don't know the difference between what's what's real for us what's in our heart what's our intuition and what what are our, just our fears um, and what's coming from the outside. And I would encourage you to spend time with yourself, you know, whether that's journaling or like some kind of somatic movement or anything that brings you into your heart space that has you connect to that part of you that has that vision, that, that idea, um, that, that, that thought, however it starts, um, because that's the truest thing you're going to experience. And unless you connect with that regularly, I think everything that happens around you and in the world is going to deeply affect how you see things. It's going to affect how, your hope. It's going to affect your, your, your desires. And, and you're, I think we end up deadening our soul. Yeah. You yeah, know? I think so. So whatever practices that you you can think of that speak to you to be able to connect to that, oh, like a little flame, a little light um, of the desires in your heart, like do that regularly and nourish that. And it's not something you need to share with anybody else. You do it for you. You know, I did it for years. I have books upon books, like in the storage room <laughs> of all of my writings about relationships. Um, and they were all for me. 
you know, I, they, they weren't to share with anybody or show anybody or anything, but it was a place that I could be with myself with that like real true part of myself, um, without any filters. And, and that's the best, the, one of the best things we can do for ourselves is to allow ourselves that, that space to just be who we are with no restraints. And I think in terms of like creating love or creating a partnership, like doing that, like taking time to do that is going to get you so much further ahead than just like pounding the dating apps and going on like a, another date and another date. Like, you know, we, I, th- I think sometimes we're afraid to really take the time to do that kind of work because we think like, if I stop looking, I'm never going to find it. But it, it really, it does speed up the process actually, because it, it makes the way you look just so different. You know, it, it makes your approach so different and you can never really get to that approach without doing the work to get there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just on another note, while we're talking about practices and, and healing work, um, we are hosting an event. I mentioned it mm-hmm. earlier, but I want to make sure to put it in now. Um, February 13th, a week from today, yep. uh, we're going to be hosting Breath of Love. Um, so for anybody who is unfamiliar with this type of breath work. Um, it's, it's a powerful experience. It's, it, um, it can be transcendent. It can take you out of body. It can, I mean, the experience will be deeply personal for you. And I think it's a little bit different for everybody, but, um, over the years, it's something I've worked with a lot and it's, it's something that always creates a profound sense of clarity. It's something that always, uh, I think brings forward my truth and, you know, uh, above the fear and the chaos. And, you know, it really kind of cuts through it and gets right to the truth of, of what's really on my heart. And um, it's energizing, it's freeing, it, you know, it, it leaves you with a feeling of like being at ease and relaxed in your body. It, it's, it's one of the most powerful forms of healing I've found. Um, and it's something that we wanted to share with you this Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. um, I know, especially around Valentine's Day, there can be a tendency to not feel so good, maybe in your body or feel like you're carrying a lot of stress or tension or frustration or um, whatever it might be. But, you know, if you feel like it's time to release or you feel like you want to open something up for yourself, or you feel like you want to connect to your truth or your heart a little more deeply, or you feel like there's something in your body that you need to just release and shake off and let go of, um, this, this would be a really great place to be. So, um, if you, if you would like to join us for that, we'll be here uh, next next Tuesday evening and um, just DM the word breath if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, DM us the word breath on Instagram. If you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, you can find the details in the description below. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely send you the details and we're going to have a, we're going to have a little party. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. So yes, please, please make sure to join us, uh, next Tuesday on the 13th. And that's going to be amazing. And, um, with that, why don't we open up for some questions? My, my love is here, special (laughs) opportunity to get her perspective on some things. Um, so if you want, just go ahead, post your questions in the chat and we'll take as many as we can today. Okay, so uh, this question is from Catherine. She says, when you shifted to having fun on your dates, what were some topics that helped you set that tone? Topics that I, I spoke with the people I was on dates with. Um, you know, I think we both would start 
as extensions of things that we kind of have, had jotted about in our in our messages back and forth before we met the things that were interesting like their hobbies or it's it's the mundane stuff but it was it would be like tell me about oh what was that like for you you know it was it was interested questions i wouldn't just allow people to just tell me a story you know it was kind of like oh you're into X, Y, and Z martial arts. Tell me more about that. Wow. How did you get into that? That sounds interesting. Like what'd your family think about that? And it was just follow-up questions to dig deeper into whatever the person was telling me. And it, it, it became like, I would, I, I took this stance of people are interesting and they have interesting lives, mm-hmm. but we don't always know that walking by somebody on the street yeah. or like, you know, in the dating apps, um, we you kind of have to pull it out of them because I'm an interesting person, but I don't go around sharing my story with just anybody. You know, it's like it's like something that happens in dialogue. Um, so I would just ask a lot of follow up questions to to engage their response. And I remember one guy. Um, it was it was funny. At this the it was that one date where the guy was like, "You got your free drink now. You can oh go." Oh my goodness, this date. Um, I think he took one look at me and he was like, "This isn't going to work out." And I was like, "I came here for a good time, so no, I can order my own drink. Thank you." <laughs> and and I just he wasn't very talkative or very chatty with me, and so that. That technique is what got me, um, what really worked to open him up. And you know, at the end of the whole thing, we realized we had a teacher in common. My yoga teacher at the time was a member of like a straight edge punk band back in the 70s or the 80s or something like that. And he still did tours with them. And he was like obsessed with that band. But he was my yoga teacher. So like after meandering and talking about different things and kind of like pulling things out of him, we realized we had this connection in common. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's so cool. I didn't know he does yoga. And then we started talking about India, about my trips to India. And he started talking about the concerts that he went to. And I was like, you know, you just have to be willing to be open and be interested in, in other mm-hmm. people and hearing about them to kind of engage, like draw from them their their interesting life because everybody does everyone's got a story and sometimes people are just waiting for someone to want to hear about it yeah we're we're also used to like nobody caring because that's that's really how the world is like nobody gives a fuck you know so it's like we're also used to nobody caring that we don't just (laughs) like just put it all out there but when someone actually seems interested people do open up I would argue that you could have a really solid connection with almost anybody. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't mean that you're going to be attracted to them or want to date them or, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be like that. But if you show up with an open heart and like you said, you're, you're willing to ask questions, like you could have a really amazing connection with anybody because everybody wants to connect. You know, it's just a matter of making the environment feel safe enough that both people open up and then the connection's already there. Yeah. And, you know, I I keep coming back to this, but it was my commitment to not waste my time, Mm -hmm. you know, and instead of being like, well, I'm not going to waste my time. This isn't the kind of connection I want to have. It was like, how can I make my time here worthwhile? Yeah. And so I, that is the shift in the perspective. It's, it's, I'm going on a date with this person. Okay. He was already kind of rude when we, when I got (laughs) here, but how am I going to turn this around to make this time that we have together worth my while 
Like, how am I going to make this uh, worth my time? And and ultimately, and I never had a bad date after that. I never had a bad date after that. And, and you do that because you love yourself, right? Like, it's it's like, I love what you said. It's like, I'm not wasting my time, but I'm not not wasting my time by being like, I'm not going to waste my time with this shit. It's like, it's like, no, I'm not wasting my time by making sure I have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a proactive attitude rather than putting up walls and barriers. Yeah. I love that. Laura asks, are you guys able to speak into the challenges that may have come up for you once you got deeper into your relationship and had the opportunity to be with someone who had more depth than you were used to in the past? Um, oh my gosh, I was loving that you had more depth than anybody I was used to in the past. You were loving that. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that in particular, and I know Laura, because I know we've talked about this, is like, like the depth was something that we both vibed with really well. I, I think our challenges were more around a lot of like just not knowing where this was going to go, not knowing how we felt, not knowing what we wanted. It was long distance. It was unpredictable. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of time. We had to rearrange our lives so mm -hmm. we could spend time on the opposite end of the country. We had people in our ears going, what are you doing? Like, this isn't going to work. Are you guys crazy? Like, so I think our issues, it wasn't about the connection. Our issues were more about like, if this could really work, I, I think. What, what do you think? Like, I think that was a major concern. Yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> My father, was like, after he found out we were dating, walks into my brother's <laughs> office. I work with my family. I walks into my brother's office. She's dating someone in Florida. What are we going to do about this? And literally everyone was like, where do you think this is going? You guys live in completely different states. I mean, how is this going to work out? This is where it's going. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years strong. Um, you know, it's. Long distance relationships get such a bad rap. And even even after, sometimes we hear from in our audience and sometimes like even my friends, I'll never do a long distance relationship. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. And I go, I didn't think I particularly wanted one either. But the distance made us, and I say it was a gift because it made us deal with some really major challenges from the beginning, mm -hmm. figuring out how we were going to see each other, you know, figuring out who, who was going to come for how much time, you know, um, at the time Shane was in a job that was like location specific. If he wasn't there, he wasn't making money. And so you had to revolutionize your entire career just to be able to have this relationship happen. I mean, that's a major step. Not a lot of people are willing to do that. Mm. You know, um, we had to have a lot of like very intense conversations from the beginning about what we wanted in a relationship. If, if the both of us wanted the same thing, if we were working on the same thing. Um, and it, it I, I think the distance allowed us, showed us a lot of challenges that most couples don't see in the first six months to a year of their relationship. But it also forced us to know whether we wanted the relationship or not. Yeah. Um, I think the depth was very obvious. I mean, the two of us, it was like, I mean, we're still excavating our depths with each other. <laughs> it's, it's incredible after so many years together and we're still, it's like, wow, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's amazing. Cause I'm somebody that, that craves that depth with somebody and, and that emotional connection and that growth. One of the challenges that I've had in this relationship, which is a good challenge is that you don't let anything slide. 
you know, <laughs> and you can sniff my BS anywhere and you call me out on my stuff all the time, which is not necessarily what I experienced in other relationships, you know, where my ex-husband just wanted things to roll off our backs and not fight about stuff. But this in this relationship, um, Shane doesn't let me do that. You know, he doesn't let me shut down. He doesn't let me walk away. He doesn't let me. So I I have more of an avoidant um, attachment style. And when things are challenging, I just kind of clam up. I become very internal. It's not like complete dead wall or anything like that. But when Shane kind of sniffs that, he doesn't let things go too long. And I think I had kind of this dynamic in other relationships about like shutting down, being quiet, um, keeping it to myself. And Shane's style is more like, no, we're going to talk about this right now. Even if we have to sit here all day and talk about it, like we're going to, we're going to, we were going to go here. Um, and A, that was comforting because I was like, finally somebody that values um, what's going on for me uh, in, in a way that I've always needed somebody to value that and gives me space to explore my fears um, and talk about my my worries and stuff without feeling like I'm bad and wrong about them. And at the same time, sometimes it's very confrontive and scary. Like definitely we have had blowout fights where all of that stuff comes up. And because your style is a lot much more confrontational and like get it out in the open and say the explosive things. And mine is more like, ah, I don't want to say anything that I'm going to want to take back later. Uh, it, it, for me is, is sometimes like really uncomfortable and really jarring, but on the flip side, after we get through all of that, it's like, thank God I have a partner like this. Who's just not willing to take things at surface value because, you know, yes, it like sometimes breaks us down so much. And we've, we've certainly come to a point where it, some fights like feel really devastating and I don't know how we're going to come back from this. But the fact that it's out in the open, the fact that we've gone there, the fact that now like it's been said now we've got to deal with it has been a saving, like a saving lifeline for our relationship so many times. So how how have I dealt with it? It's like, wow, I'm really scared that this is happening right now. But we've built up enough confidence, I think, in our relationship to know that Okay, so I guess we're going to go here now and we're going to face this and um, come what may, like, I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it is very much about <clears throat> sitting, like, just allowing those uncomfortable feelings to be there, but not shutting down because of them. Because I, I think, you know, and, and I, I know where you are, Laura, in, in this new relationship with this guy, and it's scaring you because uh, I guess similar to what Fatima was talking about is he's going places you've never gone before. And you're like, whoa. Right. Um, and I think it is just about like, okay, you recognize that it makes you uncomfortable. You recognize that it's scary. You recognize that it's challenging and you just, you make a conscious choice that I'm going to feel what I feel, but I'm not going to shut down because of it. Or if I, if I need to take some space, like, yeah. okay, you know, can I, can I have an hour or can I have, you know, can we pick this up tomorrow? Right. But it's like, if I need some space, I'll take it. But my commitment is to keep moving into it, right? And it's it's just, and I think like you said, is even now when we have some of these challenging fights, it's not that it's not that we always feel good about it, but I think over time it does develop a trust where you go like, okay, we can do this and, and it's okay. Like we can go here and it's okay. 
Yeah. And I can handle this. Mm -hmm. For me, it's been like, okay, this is, this is really scary, but I can handle this no matter what comes out of this. Mm -hmm. You know, our relationship can handle it and I'm, I can handle it, you know? So it's, it, it has, it's, it's been scary at times, but just the confidence that we, like, I've had to rise to the occasion so many times, um, and, and just knowing it, it develops that trust that you said, but just like knowing that even though it like clenches my stomach and I don't know if I can go there every time it comes up, it just develops that confidence. I can handle this. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes out of this, I can handle it. And you, you kind of just learn by practice to yeah. get through it. Yeah. So hope that helps, Laura. Hope that answers your question. Yeah. And I think any relationship is going to challenge you at some point in some way. Oh, yeah. Like as it gets deeper and deeper. There's just no way around it. So um, thanks for the question, Laura. Sending some love. All right. Let me see. We could take maybe one more. Let me just see what we have here. All right. So we'll take this question. I don't know if they were actually 16. but That might be an exaggeration. But I felt like every week she wanted to break up. It was like like once a week for a while there you wanted to break up and we had to talk through it. It was like questions. Yeah. It it wasn't that you wanted to break up. I think that was how I felt about it. (laughs) But I I think it was like, it was like, um, I'm struggling. I don't know. So the question is. They were like freakouts. They were like freakouts. Yeah. So the question is. During your 16 almost breakups, was there a theme or was it just unrelated typical challenges? Did you find that any fear was seeping in? How did you work through it? So I was just going to say off the bat, it was all fear related for me, especially because, again, given my history. I mean, I even said to you once, like, I don't even know that I want to get married again. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I was so I was still getting used to being in a healthy relationship that had gone past the two month mark that actually had the potential to go somewhere and things were very real. You know, here's a man who's very committed. Um, he's showing me that he's committed and I, I clearly, I have some reservations, but there was, there were like conflicting feelings, you know, and, and, but it was, it, it was a lot of fear and it was something that I think we had to work through mm-hmm. so that I could trust the relationship. It wasn't about trusting you or not trusting you. It was, it was like trusting myself, trusting in the relationship and knowing that, um, and, and, and like just standing back and being like, okay, we're, we're going through this together and we're working through this together. And that's what it served to prove anyway, that every time these freakouts and fears came up, you were there to hear me out. Mm-hmm. You were there to work through it with me. And it didn't cause you to go like, I don't know if she wants this. I better like distance myself. So in a way, I don't know. You said earlier that it might have been me testing the relationship in a, in a certain way. It might have been. But they were really like real for me. Those, yeah. those thoughts and those, those feelings. I was never suggesting that it wasn't real or authentic. But just that I, I think, you know, also because we were long distance and... Like we, we would see each other in these focused like bursts Mm. and then, you know, we'd be like together every day for two weeks and then apart every day for two weeks. Like we were living in extremes, you know, and I I think the contrast between when we were together and when we were apart was like when we were together, it was amazing. And then when we were, when we were apart, it was really hard. And it was like, we'd have this amazing connection, this amazing relationship. And then we'd go into our separate lives and 
you'd be in your life, I'd be in my life, and we'd like talk once a day. And a lot of times we didn't even have anything to talk about. It's like, just like, how was your day? And I'm making chicken for dinner. And, you know, right. and like, or so you were in trainings and we, all we got well, was a good morning and a good night. Yeah. There were times when I'd be in trainings, we just like, yeah, good morning, good night. So I think there was, there was a lot of that and there were a lot of feelings around all of it. And I think, again, not that you were like intentionally testing me, but I think, when you would freak out and I would be there to like support you and, and talk it through, like that was a way of reaffirming to you that, okay, I can trust this relationship. You know, like that was a way of you having, having me kind of prove myself to a degree or having me show you who I was and that like this was a relationship worth investing in. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you made me feel like, Again, you made me feel like my thoughts, my fears, my worries were were valid. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't anything wrong with the way that I was, the, the things I was experiencing, which in previous relationships, I was just berated or, you know, told I was crazy. Or if you want this, then you better get with the program and do what I want. You know, like that wasn't, those weren't the right, the kinds of relationships that I wanted to be in. And I always felt bad and wrong. It's one of the things that fueled my my daydreaming about the kind of relationship I wanted to be in. It, it was it was like I, I can't always just be wrong, <laughs> you know. You never made me feel wrong about my feelings, um, and 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 also I think I think you you just mentioned this, and I'm remembering now being in our own separate lives. This is one of the challenges of long distance: is having our own life, and then how do we create that connection again once we do to come together mm-hmm. that was a big struggle yeah. for me anyway I don't know about how it felt for you but I always felt like we had to kind of ease back into our life together every time we yeah it was like getting to know each other all over again and that sometimes I was like should it be that way I don't know <laughs> you know I would get in my mind about it it's like yeah I pick you up from the airport it feels like you're getting in the car with a stranger it's yeah. like yeah I haven't seen you. I don't know who you are. Like, right. You know? You've just had two weeks of a whole life that I don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. so, I, I mean, I, th- I think just the nature of that caused a lot of challenges. Had we been not long distance, we might have had different challenges. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think all of it was not not just you testing me, but I think all of it was the relationship being tested. And yeah. it's not it's not that, like, you should go out of your way to test a relationship, but it's more to recognize that like without even trying, we do test the relationship and we need to pay attention to if the relationship passes our tests, right? And again, not going out of your way to like do it in a manipulative way, but just recognizing through the very course of you authentically expressing and talking with your partner and asking questions and talking about what you want, like, all of that does test the relationship. And again, when a relationship passes that test, then you can trust it. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, you can't. And I think a lot of us have relationships that don't pass our tests, but we try to trust them anyway. And that is ultimately what leads to problems. Yeah. You know, and bringing these things up, especially early on in, in, in the relationship, things that we're thinking about, things that we have concerns over, and seeing how the other person responds is really important. People don't want to rock the boat usually in the beginning. Oh, it's going so well. I don't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. 
But that is the time to say something. Oh, I've been thinking about this. Like, what what are your thoughts? What what are you thinking about? I want to share something with you that's been, you know, bothering me, worrying me, concerning me. Um, what do you think about it? And, and gauging where the other person is and how they respond. I mean, if they shut you down immediately, it's like, mm. all right, I don't think I want to spend any more time with this person. Um, but if they're receptive and open to what you have to say and they're, they're like, okay, well, I guess we're having this discussion now. You can really tell a lot about a person in, in the ways that they respond to you, yeah. not just the things that they say, because anybody can say something really pretty. And believe me, I've had plenty of relationships and men that have said all the good things, all the nice things that make your heart flutter and your toes crinkle and all the good stuff. Right. Um, but when it comes down to it, you know, they don't, they, they haven't, they didn't deal with things, um, in a way that would show that the relationship had the, the potential to, to really, to make it, to be solid. Yeah. And that's how I knew. That's how I knew this one was going to work. You know, I think if it's going so good that you can't say anything, it's not going as good as you think it is. Like I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's going so good, I can't say anything. If it was going so good, you could say something, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really potent point right there. But in closing, it's been awesome having you on, and thank you. Thank you. It's I love this. wonderful having you here. You do. I miss it. We got we to gotta get you on more, you know? <laughs> Um, but no, it's been wonderful having you and thank you for being here. Um, we do again, just one more time, have breath of love on February 13th. Um, it's going to be a deeply healing and transformational experience, uh, for Valentine's day that Mm -hmm. that we want to host for all of you. So, um, please join us and you can do that by either looking in the description under the podcast or just reaching us, reaching out to us on Instagram and letting us know that you want to join and we'll make sure you get all the details. Um, other than that, it's been wonderful being with you and wonderful being with all of you today. And, um, thank you. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday. All right. Lots of love, everybody. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.